encouraging message that I bring this morning. Um, so last week I shared a bit of an introduction to the manifestational gifts and how God uses those for us as his people in, in the body of Christ. And that God's wonderful spirit comes and he presences himself with us, especially when we're together in times like this. And uh, we need to open our hearts and say, Lord, how do you want to use me? Um, what can I bring to add to how you want to build and strengthen and bless um, your church? So this morning, um, I want to deal specifically with the gift of prophecy, which is one of the manifestational gifts that um, is mentioned um, in the 1 Corinthians 14 passage. So it might be a good question to start off with asking, what exactly is prophecy? And a simple definition could be that prophecy is the supernatural ability to speak the mind of God on a given subject at a given time by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You see, in the Old Testament, um, God appointed specific people to the task of the prophet. And we can think of men like Joseph in Egypt, Daniel in Babylon, Nehemiah who oversaw the res restoration of Jerusalem. Those were all wonderful Old Testament prophets who did great things in their generation and who spoke the, the heart and the will of God into their situations. But in the New Testament, after Pentecost, we see that prophecy is mentioned as a manifestation of the Spirit and that it is given to all the believers. And we see a recording of this in Acts 2 from verse 17 to 18, where we read about the Old Testament prophecy from Joel, in Joel 2 verse 28 to 29. And Joel says these words, which Peter then again says during the Feast of Pentecost. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And we are living in those days that Joel prophesied about. And that same enabling and outpouring of the Holy Spirit that that early church experienced is ours today as well. And God wants to release these gifts into his church today. So through prophecy, God complements the final authority of the written word of the scriptures. The scriptures are a complete testimony to us, and they are sufficient to instruct us in the ways of God for salvation and for the lifestyle that God wants to empower us to live. This is sufficient. This is enough the Word of God. We don't need to build our lives on anything more than the Word of God. And yet it is a striking fact that as complete as they are, these same scriptures also urge us to desire the gift of prophecy. Because prophecy never contradicts the Word of God. It is a way that the, the Word of God is worked out in our midst through the Holy Spirit. Maybe I could share something of my testimony in this area of the prophetic. Um, I shared my testimony uh, a month ago about how I was baptized in the Spirit as a young person, probably at the age of 12 or 13. And at that time, um, I received the gift of tongues as a 12-year-old, 
and really felt God's power move in me in, in ways that I had never really experienced before. But then I do remember reading, because uh, I used to love at night just reading through my Bible, and I remember reading that passage in 1 Corinthians 14, which says, Eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And in the, in the little church that I was part of, no one had ever heard of prophecy and no one prophesied. So I didn't know what that looked like, but I saw in the Bible it said that you should eagerly desire it. So I decided then and there, if that's what I must do, then I will eagerly desire it. And so I remember as a young person praying to the Lord to say, Lord, please give me the gift of prophecy. And that was the prayer of me as a 12-year-old. Well, time passed, I finished high school and I went to university and had a wonderful time qualifying as a teacher. And then after university, I uh, found a really fantastic church when I was about 21 years old and it was a Baptist church that rooted me in the word of God in such a wonderful way and I really understood so much of the gospel in that church. But the only... The, part of the church which uh, at the time I maybe probably didn't really fully understand was that they, they were a cessationist church and that they taught that the gifts of the Spirit were not for today. And so I became very vehemently passionate about the fact that the gifts were not for today, which is a little contradictory seeing as I spoke in tongues, but I was determined that that was going to be what I stood on, especially on this thing of prophecy. And uh, I remember a friend coming to our life group and uh, he said he'd been to a meeting and someone prophesied over him. And I said to him, well, that's a load of nonsense. And you shouldn't listen to those people. They're speaking rubbish over your life. And so whenever the thing of prophecy came up, I was very opposed to it. And um, after a few years, I, I managed to meet this wonderful man. And uh, I, we got married and I landed up in a, in a very vibrant, exciting church that loved the gifts of the Spirit um, called New Covenant Church in Bryanston. And so I was a little weary, I must say, having come from a different context. And we were in our life group, which we, we started leading when we were newly married. And one of the things they did in that church was they sent around uh, a little group of a, a prophetic team who went to the different life groups and they just prayed prophetically over people in the life groups. So I was suitably skeptical when this team came along to our life group. And the one chap said, Helen, do you mind if I pray for you? So I said, oh, okay. And uh, so he starts, the first thing he says, he says, I feel the Lord says you're very skeptical about prophecy. And I went, who told you? How do you know? <laughs> and then he said, um, but I want to say that God is saying he wants to give you the gift of prophecy and he wants to release you into the prophetic. And then he started to speak other things that were true about my life that I knew that no one else would know. And in that moment, God just spoke to me and showed me that this is a wonderful gift, how it brings freedom and liberty to people. And God wanted to, to use me, the great skeptic, in this wonderful gift of prophecy. And uh, it has been a wonderful journey over, I don't know how many years, but I've learned to grow in that gift and to learn to how to hear God's voice and seen it being such a blessing in the life of the church. So if you're skeptical this morning, it's okay. I know what that's like, and I'm not trying to dis dismiss your, your thoughts or your 
your, um, how you think, uh, but I want to encourage you to come with an open mind because God wants to use this wonderful gift as a way that he wants to build up and encourage his church. And he wants all of us to experience and move into this wonderful thing that he has for us. So what exactly then is the gift of prophecy? Um, when I discussed the different spiritual gifts, I mentioned that we could classify them into three different groups. So there's the motivational gift, the gifts, the ministry gifts, and the manifestational gifts. Now it's very interesting if you look at those three groups of, of giftings, prophecy is the one gift that's mentioned in all three groups. Prophecy is the only gift that's mentioned as a motivational gift, a ministry gift, and a manifestational gift. So how does this gift of prophecy look in these different artworkings? So the motivational gift of prophecy, this is where God places in a particular person a gift of perceiving the will of God and they're able to discern God's heart. It's a motivational gift in the sense that it informs all their perspective on life and it motivates them in what they give themselves to. Very often people with a prophetic motivational gift are, are intent on finding God's heart and purpose in things and that's what motivates them when they, when they put their hand to something. They may be concerned with issues of justice and being a voice to challenge the status quo. They're often people who see something from a heavenly perspective and are, are a voice to challenge that in society at large or in the context that they find themselves in. Then the ministry gift of the prophet, this is when someone operates in the office of a prophet. And we spoke about Ephesians 4, which says that Jesus gave gifts of men to be those different gifts in the church. And um, so the office of a prophet is someone who's been appointed to equip the church in the area of the prophetic and to help the church discern and see the seasons of God and what God might be saying into the church or into the nation at large. But a true New Testament prophet always works in conjunction with the other fivefold gifting. So they work as part of a team with the apostolic, the evangelist and the pastors and teachers. If a, if a prophet came or you saw a, a, a gift of a prophetic ministry like that, what would be some of the fruits to weigh up whether that is a, a true authentic um, prophetic gift? Well, very often they have very clear, weighty and authoritative utterances. They have great skill in hand, handling the word of God in scripture as well as the prophetic word themselves. Very often they can lead people into a dynamic time of ministry in the power of the Spirit in response to a particular word. Um, they often have motivational gifts of leading, teaching and preaching. And they often have a credibility that's been established over many years where people trust them and they've got a proven track record that what they bring it has been proved to be true. Often. Uh, those who are in the prophetic office, their gifting is recognized more than just in the local church, but in the wider church community. If you read in the Bible in terms of some of the things that uh, where it addresses the prophetic ministry, both Jesus and often Paul in his letters are very concerned to address the church to be discerning between true and false prophets. 
um, because there is a difference uh, when someone comes, the spirit with which someone comes to prophesy. I want to say there is a difference though between someone who's just learning how to prophesy and they might get it wrong and they, they're trying their best to hear God and they might say something wrong. That's very different to someone who's coming with an agenda to be a prophetic voice to the church, but they're actually not speaking on behalf of God. That's what I mean by a false prophet. So what are some of the differences between true prophets and false prophets? Well, true prophets, I think, are servants and not superstars. They're not looking for the limelight. They have a deep commitment to God's written word. That's their plumb line. That's what they hold and elevate. They have a kingdom vision that wants to build the church. They're appointed and anointed by God. It's not a man-made ministry. They are submitted team players, not wanderers, unaccountable to anyone. And for them, character is more important than charisma. So often when we see ministry gifts, sometimes people are very charismatic and they win people over. But actually what we should rather be interested in is in the, the fruits of true godly character. And I think that people who are, are true prophets are dearly loved and trusted by God because God wants to use them as vessels to speak to his church, to bless and build his church. So he's not going to just entrust significant words to those that he can't um, rely on and trust and see they have proved that um, they will be faithful to him. But I think as well, true prophets often experience persecution and loneliness because they speak what is true and uncompromising rather than what is popular. So false prophets, on the other hand, um, they may presume that they're bringing God's word or that they're speaking in his name, but actually what they are doing is bringing their own word or even worse, a demonic word in their own name and for their own agenda. And their words can often be calculating, manipulative, and they try to bring bondage into the lives of, the, of those that they minister to. So very often, if, if it is a, not a prophecy that was, that's from God, you will feel controlled, you'll feel condemned, you will not feel built up or encouraged. And the gift is often used for profit, popularity, and performance. And sadly to say, where those false prophetic gifts have operated, I think that's where people become cynical of the prophetic when they've seen those things happen. But we, as the church, all of us, the leaders and everyone in the body, are called to be discerning concerning these gifts. But at the same time, we also to keep our hearts open to embrace the ministry that is authentic and that builds up the church. So now let's look at the manifestational gift of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 to 4, as I mentioned earlier, Paul urges us to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So I'm going to just read to you those uh, first five verses. And Paul says this to the Corinthians. He says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. I want to encourage you this morning, make it a thing that you have a growing desire in to see that work in your life. And he goes on and says, especially prophecy. I would love that everyone here 
who start to feel that they can be confident in the prophetic. And he goes and he says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one really understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, says Paul, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. And by that, I, I think he doesn't mean greater in the sense they're more important, but he says they, have, they, they add more value through that gift unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. So this passage gives us some insight into this manifestational gift of prophecy and how it operates in the church. So I wanted to speak through a couple of points around this and then what I'd like to do is to have some ministry time where we actually can begin to see this gift operate um, in the church this morning. So first of all, I want to reiterate, as I said last week, every single one of us, if we're born again, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we can all operate in all the manifestational gifts, especially in the gift of prophecy. It may not be our motivational gift, and it doesn't make us a prophet if we have a prophetic word, but all of us can hear the heart of God and share it to encourage each other. That's what I mean by the prophetic. All of us can hear something of God's heart and his voice. And it's simply a matter of ourselves making ourselves available to the Holy Spirit. And we ask him, Lord, how do you want to use me today? Last week I talked about the word of knowledge, word of wisdom and discerning of spirits. And today I'm talking about prophecy. It's saying, Lord, what is needed and how do you want to use me? Never putting it on to God, but always making ourselves available to hear what his spirit is saying to us. You know, when Moses was leading the Israelites, some of the leaders came to him and they were complaining and said, there's two chaps one called Eldad and Medad and they're outside the camp busy prophesying to everyone. Uh, stop them, Moses, what are they doing? They shouldn't be prophesying. And what was Moses' response to their complaint? He says, I wish that all God's people would prophesy. And I think Moses was unwittingly <coughs> speaking prophetically in that moment about a time when that would happen, that all of us may begin to speak the heart of God. The second thing I want to say about prophecy, first of all, that we can all do it, but the second thing is prophecy really is about learning to hear God's voice, which as his children, that is the privilege of every one of us to be able to do that. But as with all the manifestational gifts, it's a skill that we can learn and grow in and become confident in and our faith can grow in this area. How many of us have had times when you've prayed for someone for healing and you haven't seen the healing straight away? Do you say, oh, I'm never praying for healing again? No. You learn and you pray and you pray. I love the story of John Wimber who started the Vineyard Church movement. And uh, I know that 
his testimony was that he prayed for many, many years. He felt God say to him, he must pray for people for healing. And he just never saw any healing, but he continued and continued. And then one day, something changed and he started to see breakthrough in the area of healing and people began to see God move powerfully through, um, through his ministry. But it was as he began to understand God's heart and ways in that area and how to use that gifting. And see, the same is true of the prophetic. As we learn to discern God's voice and how he wants us to communicate it, we can grow in our effectiveness in this area of prophecy. So often one of the biggest obstacles to us prophesying or to bringing a prophetic encouragement to someone is the wrestling that goes on inside of us. It's something like this. Is this God or is this me? What I, I can't discern whether what I'm hearing, is it just my thoughts or is this something that God is showing me? And I want to say that's a really, really good question to ask because that's the start of the prophetic journey. Obviously, as we're learning to prophesy, sometimes the things that we share are probably a mixture of our own thoughts and something of what God has shown us. But as we become skilled and we learn to hear his voice and we become more clear in understanding how he works, it becomes more and more accurate. So like any skill, uh, teaching my son to drive at the moment, it's a bit start and stop and start and we crunch gears, but I know one day he'll become a good driver. And it's like that as we learn to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I think a very good guide when we're learning to prophesy is to only prophesy according to our faith. We don't say outrageous things that we don't have faith for, we, and that makes people feel safe. And I, I can really commit to that, you know, when, if I bring a word, I would never say something that I don't have faith in God to say. To say. Um, but in that passage in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says some three key words that are the essence for me of prophecy. He says that prophecy is given for the strengthening, the encouragement, and the comfort of the church. If you want to know whether you're hearing God's voice in a prophetic way, that's a wonderful barometer. Is it going to comfort this person? Is it going to encourage them? And is it going to build them up? If there's a bit of other stuff in there, you could probably be pretty certain maybe that's something of your thoughts or, but that's how this prophetic gift works. It always encourages, always comforts, and always builds up. Even if God should show you something challenging, God is always redemptive, isn't he? He never brings condemnation, so you can always bring it in a way that still builds that person up. Remember, as Anne said when he preached that sermon, which I really encourage you, if you have, didn't hear it, to listen to it, hope is the currency of the prophetic. When people are prophesied over, they should come away feeling, I can do this, I can take on life, I know God is with me, when they um, receive the prophetic word. They should never come away feeling condemned or devastated. That's a good barometer of whether it's from God or not. But you see, all of us, just as we've got different personalities and different ways that we have our relationship worked out with God, we all hear God's voice in different ways. It's different for different people. I'm a very visual person. I love to see things visually. So God is very kind to me and he gives me 
mental pictures in my mind and that helps me know that's that's how he speaks to me generally he can use other ways but that's how I feel that God speaks to me so I'm going to share a few ways maybe you might identify with one or more of these and you can say oh so that is God speaking to me and I think once we get to know the way that God speaks with us we can become more confident to say okay so it wasn't just because I had cheese last night I actually this is God speaking to me and I am hearing uh, his heart and what he wants to say so the first way is that he could use a vision or a picture. Uh, I really believe that our imagination is a gift from God and the capacity that God's given us that he wants to use. And God enables us to literally visualize or picture things in our minds. And when it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us, he may give us a picture. And how we know it's whether it's from him, very often I'll go, I'll just kind of bat it off because I think, oh, that's just me thinking that. But if, it, if it's persistent and it keeps coming back, then I think, okay, Holy Spirit, you are trying to catch my attention. I have a, an acronym that I, I like to use, which is VIP. So V for vision, I for intimacy, and P for proclamation. So let me explain an example. Uh, when I was in Germany recently, we were in a meeting and uh, I think I might have shared this story actually. Uh, there was a lady um, who was in the, just sort of midway in the meeting and I felt God give me a word for her. And I, in my mind, I had a picture of her riding on a bicycle. And, and as she was riding on the bicycle, I saw her fall off the bicycle, but she didn't want to get back on the bike because she'd hurt herself when she fell off. So that's the vision. Now, if I just went to this strange, stranger and I just said to her, I saw you riding on a bike and you fell off, and that's what God wants to say to you. Well, would that edify her, encourage and comfort her? Uh, uh, probably not. Um, that might make her feel like, oh dear, am I gonna have an accident or something like that? So the second part of when God gives you a visual picture is to ask for the interpretation. So you've got to linger a little. You don't just rush and give it. You say, God, please show me, what does that mean? So as I was praying and I felt God say to me, there's something very devastating that's happened in her life that's knocked her off, knocked her confidence, knocked her sense of feeling like she can do things um, and feels like she can't engage with things anymore. So that was the interpretation and I felt then the encouraging part was the Lord was saying to her, get back on your bike, you can do this, I'm with you. And that's the kind of, that's what I felt the interpretation was. So the P, V-I-P, is to proclaim it, to speak it. Because until you say it, it's always something just in your heart and the person will never know what you have for them. So you get a vision, you pray for the interpretation, and then you speak it out, you proclaim it. And as I begin to sp speak this over this lady, you could just see that God was ministering to her and someone came to me often and said, do you know that lady? So I said, no, I've never met her in my life before. And um, they said to me, well, um, she was on leadership in a local church here in Germany. And then she had a little baby who was severely deformed. And it, it has knocked her faith. It's really been a struggle for her. And she feels that God doesn't want to use her. And she feels overwhelmed by this thing and that word was exactly what she needed so so often God comes and he speaks 
into a situation where when you're prophesying, you have no idea really the extent to what you are saying. And it is just an act of obedience um, that as you bring something that God will give you the right interpretation. And if you get it wrong, that's okay. I've, I've got things wrong. Um, I'm sure all of us get things wrong sometimes, but we can always say, please weigh up this word. Listen to God. It Does it resonate with you? If it doesn't, then you don't need to receive it, you, or you can put it on the shelf. Maybe it's for later, but we, come, we still need to be bold in what God shows us. So the second way God could speak to us is through a biblical text, through a scripture. Perhaps during your quiet time, you're busy reading and you see this verse and you feel God speaks to you so clearly in that verse. But as you're praying and thinking, you think, actually, I feel like that's a word that would encourage Forest Town Church. And so before the meeting, you come to Ant or Clive and you say, I really, God gave me the scripture. Would it fit to share it this morning? And they'll go, fantastic, that's great. Or they might go, yeah, that's cool. Well, let's wait and see if it fits into the meeting. Whatever, that's their call as, as those leading the meeting. But you need to be bold to still come out and, and say that you have that. So sometimes God could give you a scripture, maybe just for a friend, a word that you were reading that you could be a source of strength to them. And then God can speak to us through an impression or words that come to you. Like God could just drop, the Holy Spirit could just drop a word into your thoughts like rejection or intimidation. And the same as that, the thing with the visual picture, it just doesn't go away. The intimation keeps repeating itself. In the Old Testament, they spoke about um, the burden of the Lord. It's almost like you carry a burden around that thing that God has shown you and you feel like the weight of it. And until you've shared it, um, it won't go away. And it's always important in this context, again, ask God for the interpretation. Who is it for? Um, is this just for prayer or is it something that I need to speak out? And then the fourth way God might speak to us is a persistent still small voice. We read in 1 Kings uh, 19 verse 12, it tells the story of Elijah, who was a wonderful prophet, and he had a mature prophetic ministry, and he was waiting for a word from God when he was hiding away in the, in the ravine. And he thought, ah, oh, there's a wind. Is God in the wind? Is he in the fire? And then there was an earthquake. But it says that God's voice was in none of those things. And then it says, and God spoke to him in a still, small voice. See, God can just speak to us in a whisper, in a quiet, almost imperceptible way that is like an undercurrent beneath the raging of what we might be facing. God's voice comes just in that still moment like a peaceful whisper to us. And I often find God does this when I'm doing some kind of mindless task like weeding in the garden or doing something like that. And as you're doing something, he just begins to speak to you. Or as you're walking in the park, his voice just drops simple little thoughts into your mind. Um, Antle has always got this um, saying, he says, you know in your knower that that's God. There's something inside you, you know that that was God's voice to you. Then the, the fifth one I just want to mention is maybe a little bit strange, but I know as we were chatting in life groups, some people um, at church in our different life groups have mentioned that they have this way that God speaks to them, which is unusual physical sensations. 
Sometimes you start getting clammy, sweaty hands, or your breathing may alter. You get a warm flush. Uh, you might begin to um, shake or, or just feel a sympathetic pain with maybe something that someone else is feeling. And um, so sometimes you might think, oh, this, this is a little bit weird. But you can start to see a pattern when you know that God is stirring something in you. And it's almost overcoming something of if, if uh, there's an anxiety around that to step out and to speak what God is showing you that it is from him. So once you've heard God's voice and you've got confidence in learning to know this is God and he is speaking to me, then we've got to speak out what the Lord gives us to say. Um, very often we get a picture or we get a word or scripture, but then what do we do with it? When do we bring it? Because timing and true destination in the prophetic is really important. Some prophecies might be that you get a prophetic word during the worship and you just know it's right now for this meeting right now and you come and you bring it and it, and it is the right thing. But sometimes, sometimes God shows you something and it's just for intercession. It's for you to take home and to begin to pray because it's not to be proclaimed yet. Um, some things are for you. Sometimes actually God's just saying something to you and it's not for everyone else. And we need to discern that as well. And then sometimes it's something you put on file and you say, okay, I'm going to wait, God, for you to confirm that it, this is something that you're speaking to me and I'll wait for the right timing in this. Some words are for individuals, some for a corporate group. Um, and I think one of the wonderful things that um, in our meetings, sometimes we can be nervous. We think, what if somebody comes to the front and gives a prophetic word that's kind of looped the loop and off the wall and makes everyone feel nervous? Well, I think what, we, what is a wonderful practice is if you're feeling something, you, before you come and share it, you submit it to, to Clive or Ant, and, you ask, and you, they will then weigh it up and say, okay, I think this is really good and it's gonna fit in here, just wait a minute. And then maybe the, the meeting then takes a totally different direction and your message, does, your word doesn't get shared. So don't feel rejected. It's trying to hear what the Holy Spirit's doing and where the, where the meeting is going. And sometimes they might say, let's just see if that's the, what's good for right now. But uh, if I'm sure that if there was something that was really off the wall. I know that they would stand up and publicly say, thanks for that, but maybe that wasn't quite what God was saying. So we can feel safe um, that things would be weighed up and judged in a, in a godly way. Um, I think, I think uh, trusting leaders is a key part to developing all of our spiritual gifts, that we're working together as a team to discern and hear God's voice together. So I want to encourage you when God speaks to you, be faithful to say what the Lord gives you to say. And it does take courage, but don't fear what will happen if you are wrong, but rather think about what the blessings will be um, if you are correct. And I, I think life groups and our Sunday night cafe are fantastic opportunities where we can grow in this prophetic gift. It's a safe space if we make mistakes, a, that's okay, we're all learning and we're growing in this thing together. So 
I just want to finish with two other comments about the prophetic is that we should always bring the prophetic in an open and accountable way. Um, we, we laugh about a story that we heard of a lady that came to the, the leadership team of her church and she told them that she'd got a prophetic word um, that she was going to marry the worship leader. So the leaders were like, hmm, that's interesting. And they said, uh, what, what exactly was this prophetic word? So she said, yes, I've got a prophetic word that God will give you the desires of your heart. <laughs> so I think that prophecy can be interpreted, interpreted as some people would like. But when we share it, it's good to bring it in a, in a way that's open and accountable. And that's why it's, it's great if you bring a word to bring another couple of people with you so they can for the person receiving it and for others can hear what you have to say. And maybe just a last comment, most prophetic words are confirming words um, that resonate with a person. So often God will give you a word and you go, I know that's God because he's already been saying that to me and you're just re reaffirming what he's already been telling me. Most, most of this gift of prophecy works like that um, in that way. Um, because it's what God is wanting to speak to us and sometimes he really wants to catch our attention and he uses the prophetic to do that. So I hope that encourages you. I'm sure that there's, there's so much more on this topic that we could talk about. We're going to look a bit more at it this evening at Sunday Night Cafe and workshop some more of the prophetic. So if you're around, please come along and just, um, you know, if God if you want to grow in this area, I really want to encourage you. It's a wonderful gift for building and equipping the church.